Hello, fellow travelers, and thank you once again for joining me on The Unbroken Ground, episode 40, The Results Are In. Um, so, yeah, uh, this week we're going to be talking about a, uh, a, a idea that has um, flashed into my brain. Um, I probably knew this before. Um, probably heard this before, but in, it's, you know, it's one of those things where a lot of times with scripture, a lot of times with, with wisdom, uh, until we have a way to apply it, it, it just, it just doesn't really seem to just stick out, uh, like a sore thumb. And so, so this is, this is, um, my, my week, I've been doing some uh, learning and, and trying to figure out some things. And I listened to a podcast, uh, LinkedIn learning course, I guess more than a podcast by Seth Godin. Um, and he, um, he interviewed, uh, I'm going to say her name wrong. Um, I think a lady with the last name of Davies, but, um, I'll look it up and find it later. Doesn't matter. Um, uh, there's there's books and stuff I will I will put out there on, on the uh, in the show notes. Um, Annie Davis, maybe it's Annie Davis. That's who it is, I think. Um, anyway, she's a, a world famous poker player who's who who writes about making decisions. And as I was listening to that, one of the things they said was was clarifying on how you determine whether a decision was good or bad. And like a lightning bolt, uh, my brain started working overtime. So we're going to talk about that this week. Uh, if you've already if you're already there, um, congratulations. You're ahead of me. Uh, no secret, no no uh, surprise there. Uh, so, uh, but um, it is uh, what's been on my brain lately. Cool things are happening. Uh, last week, I put out a. a, a um, begging request to those who could like my like the the Facebook page because we are um, almost to a hundred likes of the page um, as of. Uh, 8.32 p.m. As of 8.32 p.m., uh, there were 99 likes. Uh, so um, if you listen to the podcast and you haven't gone over, if you have a Facebook account, if you haven't gone over to the Facebook forward slash The Unbroken Ground, you could be, um, depending on how quickly you react to this, you could be the 100 100th follower. Um, and there is absolutely no prizes or prestige with that. It is, but other than, Hey, you could be it. Uh, you could, I guess, put that on a, a resume or LinkedIn. Um, you are the 100th follower of the unbroken ground and watch the job offers pour in. Um, Probably not. So, uh, if you if you do have want to have further conversation, um, as always, um, you can find me at Facebook forward slash the Unbroken Ground, or you can email at the Unbroken Ground at gmail .com. And yeah, we're gonna jump into resulting uh, and how we determine what what is a good or bad decision. So, like I said in the intro, um, I am thinking through the idea of what did makes a decision good or bad. And one of the things that has just gone off like a light bulb in my head is the idea that we shouldn't use the results of a decision to solely determine whether that decision was good or bad. Um, because that, and that's called resulting. Um, and so that's, that's just using the results to determine to, to basically say, um, a decision is good. If it gets good results, it's bad. If it gets bad results, but, um, 
that's actually not true. That's actually not truth. There, there are good decisions that may have bad results. And so, for example, one of the, uh, the uh, uh, people in the course, Annie was talking about, I think, um, is the idea of getting in a car and driving. Now, if you get in a car and you drive, you may end up in an accident. And if that happens, uh, that's bad. But your decision to get into a car and drive is not bad. Um, and and um, because one of the things that drives us is if we, if we see a decision as bad, then we say, well, we can't make that decision or continue to make those type of decisions. Um, but obviously, just because you get in one car accident doesn't mean that you should never get in a car and drive again. Now, there are some, you know, there are some nuances to this, right? Um, if you knew uh, that you were about to go drive into the worst blizzard, blackout, whiteout blizzard, um, and driving conditions were terrible, then you might in indeed say that getting into the car and driving when they're saying, please don't drive, everybody stay at home, might be a bad decision. And and but you know you could actually with good luck and and maybe some skill in driving, uh, you could make it to your destination. That doesn't make it a good decision just because you made it to your destination with no accident. It's still a bad decision if you're driving um, or could be considered a bad decision depending on what they're saying. Um, so so we can't we can't rely solely on the results. Uh, to determine whether ideas were good or bad. The, the, the way that we determine whether an idea is good or bad is based on how you arrived at the decision. And so when we push that back, what that does then is it allows us to begin to um, evaluate the decisions we make and thus hopefully increasing the positive outcomes because we're evaluating not just what happened, but the positive outcomes. And so I think about this, when I, when I think about a good example of this, uh, now, uh, Annie who plays poker obviously uses poker as an example, but uh, it's less uh, uh, applicable to me. I'm not as much of a poker player. Um, so, you know, if you play um, some Texas Hold'em somewhere and you want to probably win money from somebody, I'm probably the guy that you want there because I don't know how all the, way, all the ways that it works. Um, so, but I uh, am going to use the example of football because I like football and there's lots of people who do and, and it's, it's easy, it's an easy skill to translate. Um, so, for example, uh, when you, when a quarterback um, decides to have a pass play, um, they have to decide what receiver they're going to throw it to. And a lot of times we, we try to simplify things and it's like, well, if they completed the pass, that's a good decision. But um, that's not necessarily true. So, so there's some different categories here. So, the, so here is, so the, so here, here's some things to think about. Um, so on, on a play, uh, the quarterback is going to pass the ball. Now, um, it, they, it could be a, a good decision to throw to a receiver who is open and who has the ability to get uh, a first down or a touchdown or or a significant chunk of, of yards. Um, and, and this, you know, is always going to also depend upon what down it is and how many yards you need. But but that could be a good decision. So let's just say straightforward, if the, if the player is open, um, it's a good decision to throw the ball to that person. Now, um, there are a couple of things that can happen. Uh, within this. So so the it's a good decision to throw the open player, but the quarterback could could not execute properly and they may overthrow that player or they may underthrow that player, uh, leading to an incomplete pass. 
or they may they may execute properly, but it may hit the receiver in the hands and drop uh, again, being an incomplete pass. Or um, they may overthrow, underthrow the receiver, drops the ball, and it's intercepted. Um, still, all that doesn't change the fact whether it's caught or not, whether whether it's a, it's a good decision to throw the ball to that open receiver who's in a place to, to either get yards or score, score a touchdown. That's a good decision, regardless of whether um, the, the, the actual results um, that come in are the results that you get. Um, so, so you could say then you would say, okay, well then nine times out of ten – uh, we're gonna. That's that's what what we're gonna. That's gonna be a successful um, play, and so we're gonna want to do that. We're gonna repeat that. Now, there's um, there's also the the opposite of that. So so without nuancing, we'll say that there is a bad decision. So the the player is not open, and the quarterback throws in the ball. Um, so there may still, even though the player is not open, they, they're, they're in good coverage. They're, they're not really, um, uh, that's, that's not, uh, so they're, so they're, they're being covered. So it means that's going to drive down the rate of success. Now that, that because they are, um, being covered, you could say this is a bad decision. The quarterback may still, and let's say it's good coverage. It's good defense. It, you shouldn't throw the ball there. The quarterback may still complete the pass. They he may execute in such a way that um, even though there's good coverage, he outthrows the coverage. He he throws it to the player. The the player catches it. Um, the player may make a, an amazing uh, an amazing move and 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 catch the ball. So so even though this may be a bad decision, it can still have uh, a good result. But by and far, what you want to think about is that you wouldn't necessarily want to repeat that process. Um, because it is a bad decision that sometimes can have good results, but the majority you should expect it to have poor results. So if you're throwing the ball into coverage, you expect that it's going to be an incomplete pass or it's going to be an interception. Um, you know, there are those times when, again, players uh, can in, there are individually skilled, able to to defy the odds. Quarterbacks throwing balls where they uh, to players and ca- and those players catching them when they shouldn't. Uh, those those things happen. But but thinking about like was this a good decision? And the idea is like no, this is not a good decision. Now you may have made a good throw. You may you may have the the defensive may not have played up to their potential. So they the the pass was completed, but it doesn't make it a good decision. Um, and, and so I think hopefully then you begin to see how this relates back to um, our life. Uh, so one of the things um, that, um, that I've seen that I've gone through lately um, that, that's caused me to evaluate a lot of decision making is there's just been some things uh, at my work, um, some, some decisions that had to be made, and, and I think they were done well. Um, but it, it, was a, it was just a revelation to think about that um, when we talk about this um, decision, a lot of times I think what we're thinking of is, was it successful? Well, no. Um, then was it a bad decision? And, and really the answer is maybe, because um, I don't know all the history. Um, was it a bad decision? I do know that we've taken steps to make better decisions into the future. And, and I think that is, is the point of um, going back to analyzing how you came to your decision, regardless of whether it worked or not, regardless of whether you got the results that you wanted, um, because you, on average, um, uh, 
you if you're making continuously making bad decisions you're eventually going to miss you're eventually going to fail it's you're going to get the results that you are you're paying into now you may avoid that like you there are some people that you're like you just make bad decision after bad decision after bad decision and yet you don't see the consequences but but by and far the law of averages the the universe is slow and it grinds and it gets there but by law by and far if you're making bad decisions because you are not taking the time to consider the decision then you're going to to get bad results now the reverse then um, ought to be true uh, if you are making good decisions there are some times where you're just they're just you they're the right it's the right decision it's a good decision it's just not going to work um, but the law of averages, um, the way things, the way that the world just turns, uh, if you are make, continually making good decisions, um, you will see the things happen as they should. Um, now, there's no guarantee, obviously. There is some execution. So if you make good decisions but you can't execute, um, then you, you, you've got to put them both together. Um, you, you can't, uh, just because you have good decisions doesn't mean that you can coast. Uh, you can't have good decisions and then have poor execution. Because even if you're making good decisions, if your execution is poor, then it's going to affect the results of those decisions. And, and the same thing, you can make up for some bad decisions with good execution, with some skills, with some talent, with some energy. It just takes more. It just, it just drains the system if you're always making up for rather than utilizing those um, strengths to to do more, you're having to catch up because you're making bad decisions on the back end. So how do we make then, how do we determine what what is a good decision? And I think it's just instructive that what, what we say, what, what it said is that um, it's, it's the process by which you arrived at, to the decision. That's, that's how you determine whether a decision is good or bad. Did you take the time to, to research all the opportunities, the possibilities? Did you take the time to ask wisdom uh, of people? Did you take the time, you know, if, you, if we're going to throw a spiritual aspect into to it, did you take the time to pray about it, to see what your spirit says, that what you hear from God about it? Did you take the time to count the cost? Um, and, and if you did, if you did all of that and you gathered all the possible information, because to be honest, in a perfect world, we would have all the information that we need in order to make decisions without having any mystery or, or uh, a percentage where it's like, well, we don't know what's going to occur because we just can't see the future. Um, but, but, so, but if you can put together all possible sources, all possible data, and sometimes you just have to make a decision, then, then if you do that and you do that in a systematic way, um, then, then you can be confident that you're making a good decision, now, it may not get you the results you want. Again, execution, uh, bad luck, uh, some, some other factor may come in there and you may not get the results and success that you want, but you, by and far, if you use the, the pr a process to arrive at uh, good decisions, then you will get good results. Likewise, inversely, if you don't take time to to figure out all the resources, ask all the right questions, determine all the opportunities. If you don't do all of that and you just rush through there, you don't ask um, for, for counsel from anybody, you don't ask for um, wisdom, you don't seek uh, wisdom from, from, from wise people, you don't do any of that, um, 
you're it's a bad decision. You're you're making bad decisions because of the process, and 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 when you make bad decisions because of the process, um, then you can expect to have bad results. Now you may execute better, and you may out execute your decision making. But eventually, the law of averages bring that down, and you're going to suffer, and it's going to take, it takes more energy, it takes more of a toll. So we have to concentrate on how we make decisions and why we make those decisions um, and do our best to make good ones and have a process to understand what that looks like um, because we... Um, when we don't, uh, like you just, you know, some people are like, oh, I just go with my gut. Um, well, sometimes that works. Sometimes that works. But just because it works sometimes doesn't mean it works all times. And, and then um, just because, and then do we even, do you even understand? Like, do you even understand that's, is that repeatable? So you can't repeat that. So like, oh, well, how did you make the decision? Well, I just went with my gut. Well, you can't repeat that. So how do you do that? How do you take that and go go again and again and again down the road you don't have a process you're just saying oh i just um you you limit you you suddenly become the only person that can make a decision because you your gut is what makes the decision so um in order to avoid that we ought to put together a systematic way of understanding how to make decisions um and one of the things that um i love because this is what what Seth was really talking about is that we have to understand that our past decisions don't have to weigh us down. We don't have to live in them. Um, Seth talks about it like this, and I think it's a great idea is that, that, that you are given a gift um, from your former self with these decisions and with these things that you've done and this, this um, capital that you've sunk into some, these, these, sunken costs that you've done into these ideas and these decisions and you've tried. Um, and he's like, it's a gift, but you don't have to accept the gift. You can say, no, oh, no, thank you to your former self to say, oh, that seemed like a good gift at the time, but now it's not. You say, oh, I'm good. Thank you. You can reject that gift um, because that is how you avoid, uh, because, because, for most people, um, this is statistics show that quitting at the right time feels like that that they are quitting too early, and and we have we have I, I think especially in in um, conservative circles and Christian circles we 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 pound uh, into our um, culture this idea of like don't be a quitter, don't give up on things, it's gonna work. Just keep keep grinding. Just keep going. Don't quit. Um, and I think that, that some of that comes from this idea that there is a uh, faith issue, there's a faith tie into that, um, that, that if God is in the midst of something, so again, so if we're taking a spiritual, I mean, you can make decisions and you don't even have to include God. There's people that do that all the time. Um, there's people in the business world that don't give a second thought to um, what God might want for their business or what God might want for their life or their career. So we have to admit that, that there, are, there, are, there are decisions that are being made and sometimes even good decisions are being made outside of the will of God in the sense of that it's not even being considered. Um, and, and so, but as, as we think about this spiritually, we have this, um, I think, third component of faith, which is when we make decisions, when we pray about it and we, take, we, and we feel like God is leading us in a way, um, there is kind of this sense of like, well, if God is for it, then God will make it succeed. Um, and so we can't, we can't quit early 
we got to persevere. We got to keep going because we're we're waiting on God to to make sure that whatever active whatever decision we made, whatever that whatever that's led to, we're waiting for Him to show up and accomplish what He wants to accomplish. Now, a couple of things here. A couple of things here. As a former pastor, um, as a former youth minister, as a as a former summer camp director. Um, here is some pitfalls when we think about the spiritual side of decision making and 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 expectations that God's going to show up. Okay, number one, um, our expectations are too far too often are wrapped up in numbers that are not applicable to God's plan. Our expectations are far too often wrapped up into numbers that make us feel good and make us look good and make our name go up, but they're not necessarily tied to God's plan. Now, again, I, I don't know that they are or aren't, but it is, I think, um, it's important to realize that God doesn't call us to, to, um, to decisions and to, to, to carry out decisions so for a number. Um, he calls us to be faithful. He calls us to be faithful. I mean, and that's what it says. It says that one day uh, when he returns, he will say, well done, you good and you faithful servant. So he calls us to be faithful. So whether that is, whether that faithfulness leads to a revival of thousands of millions of people or whether that faithfulness leads to three people, the, the glory is still all to God. And the calling is not to large crowds, not to huge numbers that wow even people on the outside, but, but to be faithful whether it's it results in a large crowd. If God is calling you to something, then your response is to be faithful whether or not it brings about um, hundreds or tens or one person closer to God. You don't you don't have to worry about that. I mean it, it's it's in, in our world where we look at success and we when we measure decisions as whether they're good or bad based on the numbers about them and, and that success is how many what numerical value did you get that's when we, we when we wrap faith up into this idea that we need if if God is in it then he's going to make it he's going to multiply it um, and he might and, and, and our names are going to be attached to that. And really what, what with God's in it, he's saying, hey, you go be faithful. You go be faithful. Paul, Paul says this. He's, he says, I'm so glad. He says, he says this in this, in this uh, letter to the Corinthians, right? He goes, I'm so glad that I didn't really baptize many of you. Because you guys are there having some argument about, well, Paul baptized me or, or this person baptized me or that person baptized me. He's like, that's not what it's about. You were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It's not anything about what Paul can do. It's not anything about what... Um, another apostle or another church leader can do, or, or it's, it's about what God has done. And so we are called to be faithful and some are called and they will see their, their faithfulness rewarded 
tenfold, a hundredfold, a millionfold, and some will will not see much at all. I mean, that's what that's what the book of Hebrews talks about. There's some that they receive their dead back, and then there are those who are still that 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 wandered destitute, broken in the desert where they're sawn into by swords, and they did not see their reward, and they were not, and the world was not worthy of them. They were faithful, even if they didn't get what they deserved, what, what had been promised. That promise was not yet theirs, but it will be one day because they were faithful. And so we have to remember that. So when we think back, we go, Okay, we're making this decision. God's involved. We feel like God's calling us to do this. Then he's calling us to be faithful and not numerical. He's calling us to be faithful and not numbers-focused. Now, now look, I, you, yes, we have to have, we always have to have this discussion, right? Somebody goes, well, you know, numbers are important because each one of those numbers is a soul. And you're right. Numbers are important because souls are important. But here's the deal. Numbers are not important when it's just tied to your name. And so much of our culture has tied numbers to, is someone a good pastor? Well, I don't know. How big is their church? How many people have gotten baptized? How, how many people joined their church? How many people, what's their budget? What, what, kind, of, what kind of satellite uh, church action do they got going? What kind of, what are they doing? But God doesn't judge us that way. He judges us by whether we're faithful or not. That's what he calls us to do. And so it's just important, whether you're, you're a pastor of 10 or you're a pastor of 10 million, your call is to be faithful. And when you miss that, um, then, it's, then it leads to just really bad decisions. And, and I think, too, on that side, what, what that allows, when we think about that, is it allows for us to try things and sometimes, and just be okay with things that don't work. It allows us to have the freedom and, and the creativity to try things and go, oh, that, that, that didn't work. Oh, well, do you think God called us to do that? Yeah, I mean, that's what God was calling us. We prayed. That's where God led us. That's what we were, our hearts were. Well, if God, wanted, if God wanted you to do that, wouldn't he just make it successful? And that's, yeah, Maybe. Maybe, but maybe not. And, and one of the things that sticks out to me when I think about this um, is a story um, is, is, is found in the story when Jesus sends his disciples out. Um, and, and here's this interesting thing that he says to them. He says, go, go out to the cities and go proclaim. Now, now they're going to the, the Jewish cities and they're going to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who has come. And when they get there, they're to find a house and they're just there to, you know, they're to say, hey, can I stay here? And if they welcome you in there, then you stay there and you don't worry about whether there's a nicer house somewhere or whether somebody has a better cook. So you could go stay there. And he said, you stay there. And then when you get ready, you move on to the next city. He said, if you go to a city and you say the peace upon you and, and they don't return that peace to you, it says this, it says, shake the, shake the dust off your sandal and move on. Now, did you catch that? Jesus sends his disciples out and he says, sometimes it's just not going to work. You're going to get somewhere and, and you're going to talk, you're going to want to say, Hey, I want to tell you about the good news. I want to tell you about the Messiah, that Jesus Christ is here and the kingdom is here and near and you can be a part of that. And some people are just not going to listen. 
And so what do you do? You shake the, the sandals, you shake the sand off your sandals and you move on to the next place. Now, woe to those places that don't listen. And, and obviously I don't think, I don't want to, we're not necessarily like trying to pull in a parallel where we're saying, oh yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's ride off some places, right? Like there's some, there's some deep, deep places that, that just don't have a whole lot of Christianity left in them. Let's, let's ride them off. Let's shake the, the sand off our sandals. It's not what it's saying, but I think it's, it's, it's intriguing. It's intriguing that we assume that every program or or initiative or idea that we have as Christians that we that we try as churches we're like oh it's going to work and if it doesn't then then we begin to question well is that really what God wanted and I and I think that again we go back to well how do we make the decision and and did we did we research it did we ask for wisdom did we pray about it did we did we get a council of, of voices did we consider all the opportunities and all the options and did we then make the best decision we could and if the answer is yes then you go yeah it was a good decision oh it it didn't work like we wanted it to yeah i mean i mean you think about like elijah like elijah calls down fire from heaven. Um, he calls down fire from heaven. God grants his prayer. Fire comes down from heaven. And, and they, they have this kind of this short-lived revival where they kill all the prophets of Baal. Next morning, maybe even that evening, Jezebel goes, I, you know what, Elijah? God, God strike me down if I don't kill you before the day is done. And do you know what Elijah does? You've probably heard me talk about this before. It's one of my favorite stories. Elijah runs. Elijah runs. And you go, Elijah, did, you just called down fire from heaven. God heard you. And, and I think part of the crushing thing for Elijah is, is that he was so set on the hope that if, if, they, if he was able to do this thing, he was able to see, he was bring. He's, he was able to have this showdown between, between Bell and, and him and the prophets. And, and quite frankly, he's like, look, God showed up and it changed a few people maybe, but it really didn't change the culture or the reality. And Elijah was still person non grata. Elijah was still, had a death threat over him. And so he ran. God was in that, obviously. I mean, you don't pray and fire come down and, and consume uh, a, a water-soaked altar and a water-soaked cow if God's not in that moment. But you know what? You know what? It didn't. It wasn't a great moment of revival for Israel. There's a... When, when, when Elijah get, finally ends up on his journey, he, gets, he goes and, and he has this moment and God's like, why are you here, Elijah? And Elijah's like, I am the last. Woe is me. I am, a, I am it's just, just failure. You know, it didn't work. It didn't, I am, I am I'm so tired. Um, and, and God says, oh, Elijah. He says, don't worry. There's a remnant, right? There's a remnant. But God, God, you 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 orchestrated so that fire came down from heaven. We we Elijah was like I said the great speech. I was like choose this day who you will serve and 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 everybody was like yeah we're serving God. 
But then the reality set in, and the king and the queen were still corrupt, and they wanted Elijah dead. And God was like, yeah, you, you did. You were faithful. You were faithful. And there is still a faithful remnant, but it's not time yet. It's not time yet. I mean, that's a successful moment. He called down fire to burn up an altar. <laughs> but it didn't lead to a lot of conversions. It didn't really sta- it didn't really bring people back to this faith in God like he wanted it to. And so Elijah like was human and he ran. He was afraid. Even Jesus, it says that Jesus was not able to do many miracles in his own, his own hometown because people simply lacked the faith. Even Jesus had his, his effectiveness stunted by the lack of faith of the people of his own, of his hometown. Even Jesus was not 100% successful. There are times when Jesus calls people and, and then, then they, they count the cost and they turn away. Was it a good decision to tell them the things that Jesus told? I would, I would argue that Jesus always made good decisions. He always chose wisely. He always considered and knew. And, and yeah, but it didn't always work. So he calls us to be faithful. And I think that part of the danger of labeling um, success as, as, and, being, and, and um, focusing on the results is that, that we don't actually learn why. Um, we don't, and we don't learn how to change. When we focus on how we made the decision, we learn we learn the factors that 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 piled in to that that put us into the eventual place that we got. Um, we can determine maybe you know maybe it was just poor execution, maybe it was bad luck. We made a good decision. This was a good thing to do. We should have done this. It just it just didn't work. It was bad luck, and and it gets hard when we throw in like a spiritual conversation because you have people you have people that are like hey god doesn't fail you're like you're like yeah god's love never fails but we don't have the hindsight the foresight or the or the million yard view million mile up view to understand how the world is working and how it should work so it's hard for us to know if God calls to do something, we say, oh, we want it to be successful, then we've got our ways that we try to measure it. But really, the, the, way to, the only way to measure it is were we faithful? Were we faithful? If you're faithful, if you've been faithful, if you're, then, then you are, you're honoring what God is calling you to do. If you have 10 talents and you're faithful to invest those talents and you get more talents back, you're good. You're being faithful. But, but we focus so much on the numbers and we, we worry 
And if something doesn't work, we allow that failure to cause us to, to, to not be creative, to not continue to do things because we want to be safe because, because failure seems to, to set poorly in our minds. And then we think, did we not, did God not want us to do that? And it's like, I don't know. How did you pray about it? Is that where you guys, did you have a council of wisdom that got together and you guys decided, yeah, this is what God's leading us to do. And then that's what you did. And just because it wasn't successful is that like, is that you can't, you just can't determine. You have to go. We were faithful. This is what we felt God was leading us to do. It didn't work out like we wanted it to, but it's okay. Tomorrow we're going to wake up, we're going to pray, we're going to seek new ways to do, to be faithful. And we're going to grow. And and so that's how you get back to this. How do you make good decisions? Like, is this a good decision? It's 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 whether or not you, you put into the time to consider all the alternatives, the facts, the the things that you can know, the things you can't know, and, and the prayer. That's how you make good decisions. Whether or not they come out, whether or not they turn out the results that you want, the if you make a good decision, you can get bad results. Sometimes it's ex- execution, poor execution. Sometimes it's just bad luck. Sometimes it just doesn't work. But it doesn't change the way you make decisions. If you continuously make bad decisions, you can expect that things will not go the, want to go the way you want them to do. As Christians, though, we are called to be faithful to what God's doing. And so that's that's it, right? God... Um, May, may this prayer be this yours this week. God, show me how I can be creative and where you want me to be faithful, regardless of the results, regardless of the things that I can see. God, we know that you're moving. We know you're at work. God, show me where I can be faithful. Allow me to be wise. This is what, what Jesus says, right? He says, be innocent as doves, but wise as serpents. Like, be wise, but not cynical, be wise, um, but not like doomsayers. Be wise, but also like a child. Expect it, hopeful, joyful. Hold those things together. And that's my prayer for you this week uh, as we think about the results. May we, may we determine that we were successful because we were faithful and because we were wise. And if you need to find wisdom, James says this, if you, need, if you lack wisdom, pray for it and he will give it to you. If, you. if you're having to make decisions and you don't know if you've got wisdom, pray for it and God will give it to you. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I hope you're, you're joining that prayer. God allows us to be faithful, allow us to be wise, allow us to seek ways that we can be creative, encourage others around you, around us for you, for your name. God, show us not just success, but faithfulness. As we are faithful, God, we know that you are far, far beyond faithful. That's my prayer for you guys this week, guys, and I hope you pray that, joy that in me this week, and, and, and let me know. Let me know if you've got any updates, questions, thoughts, or if you see ways that, that God's faithful uh, this, this coming week, and you want to share that. Um, God bless. Uh, We'll see you next week.